Greetings, this is Ron Aguilera, and this is episode 19 of the Pastor's Coach Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me. Thanks for being part of this journey that we are on as we grow in the areas of leadership, ministry, and beyond. Uh, You know, when I first started pastoral ministry, my lead pastor sat me down and said, we just don't deal with lives, we deal with eternities. So do all you can to be the pastor, the best pastor you can be. Man, that was a lot of pressure. And after some years of ministry, I realized that to be a better pastor, I did need to become a better leader. Uh, I hadn't been taught that in school, uh, and as I reflected on it, decided that, yes, that was an important thing uh, to focus on, to lead myself better, self-leadership, so that I could lead others and the church better, that I had to learn what John Maxwell calls 360-degree leadership. Simply stated, 360-degree leadership focuses on four things, leading down, meaning you're leading those who are below you on the org chart, those who are in positionally uh, lower positions, leading up, uh, which means learning to lead those and influence those that I had to answer to, that I was a direct report to, that oversaw my leadership. Uh, Then leading laterally was the third area, those that were in similar roles, other pastors or other church leaders, and trying to figure out how to partner with them, how to gain influence, how to have an impact and gain from those conversations and relationships as well. And then the fourth one, self-leadership, right? How to better lead myself, which I discovered is the most important and the most difficult. So today I want to talk a little bit about self-leadership, and I want to start with some questions to ask yourself to reflect on. Here's number one. How do you feel about your leadership focus or your leadership horsepower these days? See, many pastors put in the minimum. I mean, I'm just telling you what you already know, right? They do only what is necessary, and then they wonder why things aren't better, why they are not in demand, why no one is listening. Uh, As pastors, we have been charged to lead the churches that we lead, and those churches deserve, really, in often cases, demand a high degree of focus from their pastor, from their senior leader. So are you leading with enough focus, or is your attention elsewhere? Beyond that, I want to invite you to ask yourself the question, what am I focused on, or what are we focused on as a church? Once you've answered that question, the next question is, are you willing to do the work to make that happen? Because many are not. Many prefer, as I mentioned, to put in minimal effort, to expend minimal energy, and just to maintain the status quo. I've heard it often. Why ruffle feathers? Let's just do what we've always done. And they're comfortable with the same results. So really the question that we have to press on is, are you willing to do the work? And then what does that require? One of the questions related to this is what are the engines that will generate growth, like attendance or baptism or giving, things that we typically liked or, or are expected to measure. Beyond that, we also need to focus on removing obstacles that prevent growth. What are the barriers? What are the, what are the obstacles to grow? 
And here are a couple questions to ask there. Questions to ask when churches are not growing. Do we have a leadership problem? I mean, I did. My, my church elected elders and leaders that did not want to grow. Or when it comes to leadership uh, and a leadership problem, I have to also turn the mirror inward or look at myself. Is it me? You know, maybe it's a vision problem. Maybe I have not put enough effort or thinking or time, or maybe I just have not cast the vision well. Another question to ask is, do we have a teaching problem? This is often the case in multi-church districts, right? Whoever fills the pulpit when the pastor is gone sometimes may teach a theology or a vision contrary to the one that you as the pastor or the leader are teaching. Sometimes it's not the people, it's us not having a clear direction or understanding of what the pulpit is for. I've run into so many pastors who don't understand the full purpose of the pulpit. Many believe the pulpit is solely for theological instruction, and they miss the opportunity to talk about mission or to cast vision as to what God is calling us to do and what he is calling us to, to re, who he's calling us to reach. Sometimes it's just the quality of the message, or I should say the lack of quality. I've been in too many churches where it was clear the pastor had not prepared well. And I'm not even talking about presentation. I'm just talking about the actual um, you know, material in the, uh, in the sermon. So why would we be surprised when our people are, are not confident and inviting their friends to come? Why, why would our members come to church or invite others if our sermon topics or our presentation offers little to no value? Uh, some pastors I've been coaching and have been in a coaching relationship with have told me, you know, I'm not going to waste my time on presentation. My job is to preach the truth. So that could be an obstacle, an obstacle to uh, growth, a barrier, <clears throat> Maybe it's just that we have a low evangelistic temperature, right? Or, or maybe it's our subpar programming for children. We want to draw families, but our programming is not very good. Maybe it's the, the music or just the worship service uh, is poorly done. And maybe it's just lack of planning. You know, somebody once asked me, well, what do I do when we have no talent? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a problem and is often the case. That is why to grow, you have to identify obstacles and start new um, new uh, growth engines, as uh, Noel Tishy, a, a leadership expert, uh, once referred uh, them to, which means recruiting and hiring someone uh, who, who's talented in that area to fill the gaps. Uh, sometimes it requires asking uh, people to give to that vision. And it's amazing to me when we have a vision, how people will give. Instead, what we often try to do is improve on what we have and improve, you know, in incrementally, right? Imp but, but I've discovered 2%, improving 2% is not going to do it. We need to have new initiatives, new approaches to prompt new growth. And even if we fail, these new initiatives can birth ideas for others. So, question, how am I approaching the inevitable problems that I encounter as a leader? Uh, by the way, if you don't get inspired by a challenge or by problems, you probably don't have the gift 
that uh, Romans 12, 2, uh, or 12, 8, excuse me, uh, refers to as the uh, leadership gift. Um, so I need to think about uh, self-leadership. It makes a huge difference. And by the way, when you try something new, put your best people on it. This is not the time to let the person who just volunteers to do it, do it, right? And we need to be strategic. In the book of Acts, we read about the first big problem of the church. It was food distribution. Uh, what did the apostles do when faced with a problem? They addressed it. They put the best people on it. And then they saw, because of that, solved it. That, of course, in the blessing of God, which comes when we put some effort, we put some intentionality, we have a plan, a strategy, a clear mission and vision. In Acts, it says, after that, the church multiplied. Hey, here's one more thing to chew on, on about self-leadership. Being a leader comes with huge demands, and I have found it helpful to keep an eye on three gauges. Emotional is number one. Most most have no idea how emotionally dragging and draining spiritual leadership is. So we have to keep an, an eye on our gauge on that, how we're doing when it comes to our courage. Uh, physical, we need to keep healthy physically. We need to eat well, uh, get rest, and manage the energy that we have. We often focus on managing time instead of energy. And then there's the spiritual, right? A spiritual leader must stay in vital union with Christ, fully surrendered. So do you have a strategy to do these, and to keep a, an eye on these gauges, particularly if uh, you're running low? I'm going to talk about these more in future podcasts, but one of the greatest challenges of a leader is the battle between hurry and speed and busyness and soul care. Uh, and so I want to I encourage you, I want to challenge you to make sure that you focus most on your relational world with God, with your relationship with God, with family, and with friends. It will not only benefit them, but it will refresh you. It's one critical way of taking care of your soul. Hey, again, thanks for joining me today. I want to invite you to subscribe to this weekly podcast and to join me next week. Again, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave a review. And if you want to contact me, you can do so at thepastorscoach at hotmail.com. That's thepastorscoach at hotmail.com. Again, thanks for joining me. Talk to you next week.